Yeah. Man City lose Kira Welch, they're not competing. Did get yellow carded very early on in the match for being a bit too eager coming out of her goal and taking out, I think it was Leah Carlton. But, uh... <laughs> Subscribe to the OTV Koyig pod on the OTV Sports app now. Women's golf on Off the Ball. In association with KPMG, proudly supporting women in sport. Well, I'm delighted to be joined by the Irish International Golfer and Sports Direct Ambassador Aideen Walsh, who, following Sports Direct's link up with the KPMG Women's Irish Open, Aideen, who is their ambassador for the tournament, will take place in Jermallon Castle from September 22nd and has also partnered with the new Get a Grip campaign as part of the launch. You can get your tickets for the Irish Open over at KPMG Women's Irish Open.ie. Uh, Aideen, you're very welcome to Off the Ball. Um, is this a case with the Irish Open just around the corner? Like, are you one of these people? people that kind of checks off the dates on the calendar or are you more so just waiting to arrive into the week itself? Yeah, it's funny because now I kind of feel like the countdown is on. Like I think I've known for the last week that I was playing, but yesterday I was only, it was only kind of public so I could only tell people. Yeah. So now it's kind of an extra bit of excitement. So it is kind of a, a countdown case now, like it all seems to be kind of building up to the big event. Did you get to tell family and friends before the news went public or uh, were you having to keep those cards close to your chest? I told my family and that was it. Eamon was, was like, don't tell anyone. So I was like, <laughs> <laughs> what was the reaction like at home? Yeah, they were all delighted. Um, like I kind of thought that I would maybe get a chance because I am a member in the golf club. So they had kind of a, they kind of thought maybe I uh, will get an invite, but getting a confirmed then was really nice. Yeah, I'd I'd say it's a, a huge boost as well to kind of know that your your summer hasn't gone unnoticed in that respect as well because you've been in in quite a rich vein of form as well between the AIG Cup and and winning up in Ulster and God you've been like I know you're a teacher away from away from golf I don't want to put your good form next to the fact that you've been off work uh, and the fact that you don't have the stress of dealing with kids to succeed on the <laughs> golf course but I can't help but putting two and two together there. Yeah, well I mean. Like, I've been going since January, to be fair. Like, we, the season started in January, and, like, I was playing and teaching, trying, kind of balancing them both. But obviously, it makes it a little bit easier when you're on their summer holidays and you have more time to be playing. But um, I'll just try and build on the summer and see can I continue on in yeah. two weeks' time in Gerald. How do you balance the two? Because, like, both are pretty time-consuming, and they are yeah. professions, whether you're an amateur golfer or not. It's still, when you're competing at the level you're competing at, there's still a lot of work goes into being uh, that good. So how do you manage to to balance the two? Yeah, I just have to be so organized. Um, like, I'm only kind of, I'm working part-time. So, like, I'm solving three days a week, roughly, and I'm actually doing a master's as well. So I find that, let's say... November, December, January, I'd be busier with school and college. And then I'll kind of take a step back from that and then the golf picks up. Yeah. So like sometimes you'd be busier with one of them and the other, but it is it's just being really organized. And like my practice sessions would be very kind of structured and they wouldn't be just, it's real meaningful practice because I know I don't have like endless hours, like someone who might be doing golf full time. Yeah, because some people who might see like amateur next to the name might think of it's like it's somebody who only gets to pick up the clubs on occasion. It just happens to be especially gifted. But there is a lot of work that goes into to being at your level too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like you said, it's nearly like a full-time job. And like 
the amateur season is so intense now, like you're competing all the time. So like even this year, I was abroad on average like once a month. And you're when you're going away, you're going away for like a week. So it takes up so much time. And then when you're at home, like you're preparing for the next tournament. And when you're going abroad, like obviously it takes a lot of kind of, uh, I'd imagine sponsorship kind of help to, to get over the line with those kind of things. Uh, so like, I suppose I'm lucky because I'm involved in like Golf Ireland's funded high performance program. So like I get funding through Golf Ireland for those, uh, for those international trips. Yeah. Um, on the domestic scene as well, like, as we mentioned, you had the defensive of the Ulster stroke play up in Royal County down as well. Uh, you also won the Leinster Women's Championship in, in Mullingar. In terms of building confidence for going into Tremolans, how have those been? Yeah, so, like, I feel like, you know, I've played pretty well, even though the last two tournaments have been match play tournaments. So I haven't had a stroke play tournament now in a while, but... Like you said, I won Ulster Show Play and the Irish Coast this year, I did pretty well. So you just kind of try and take the positives and move on. And there's a few things that maybe I didn't do that well during the year. And because it's the end of the year now, the Irish Open is a good chance that I could be like, okay, I can try and improve that that week. Yeah. And you're a member as well of Dromoland as well. which I, 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 Like I want to instantly say that that's going to help. But I don't know, there's, there's something in the back of my mind says, well, you kind of, you have to set all that aside and just play the tournament as it lies, really. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm just going to treat the week like any other week. Uh, yeah. Like, I obviously know the course very well, but I'm still going to, like, approach it. I'm still going to play a practice round and do all my notes and stuff and get prepared because that's, like, I feel doing that will give me the best possible chance to play well in the tournament. Um, yeah. Like they say home advantage, but I'd say it can be a negative thing too between expectations and stuff. Yeah. And like the worst, like the worst thing you could do is go in there thinking, ah, Jesus, I've played this a million times. This is grand. Like I you have these on toast. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And like, do you play golf? I don't actually. No, no. Like anyone who knows golf, like it's anything could happen. Yeah. You no, know, like it's just all on the day. Yeah. In terms of like the the preparation as well, and taking that step up because this will this is obviously a, a ladies European Tour event, and you know you've been involved in and ISPS stuff before, uh, in terms of competition. Like, is it a massive step up for yourself, or is it something that you found yourself pretty able to cope with? Yeah, like the week at the ISPS, I thought I like I did like I was pretty happy with how I played because. Again, I approached it, it was like, oh, it's a new, it's a pro event. I had no expectations. I'm just going up to enjoy myself yeah. and kind of see how it is. Um, but now that I have that experience and I'm getting the chance to do it again, I kind of feel like I can set like a proper goal for myself and just treat it like another tournament and see how I get on. Um, yeah. Like I know I'm an amateur and I have a job and I am competing against people who do this full time, but I don't see why I can't compete. In terms of as well, that, that ISPS event had the unique kind of thing about being like a mixed event. And that seems to be a, a road that both tours, the Ladies European Tour, LPGA, and I guess DP World Tour want to investigate a little bit more as well. How did you find that situation up there? Yeah, I thought it was really cool because even like Golf Ireland, what they do every year is they run the Ulster Stroke Play men's and women's together as well. And then the top female player and the top two male players get an invite. Yeah. So even being there with the the guys, so Jack Jack Hurd this year and uh, Rob Razzle got an invite as well. So just like you'd know more people and having them 
there with you. It's it's pretty cool, all right, having the men and women. And then of course at that event for the pros, like the the pay is the same, which is kind of the way it should be. Yeah. You know, the winner of the the men's tournament got the same prize money as the winners the the women's event. You've been a pretty strong advocate for this as well for for equal pay across the the two tours. Yeah, I think like Sports Direct as well with the Get a Grip campaign, like they're pushing that as well. That they're kind of big believers that it should be equal pay, and not just in golf, in every sport. Mm. Um, and I think this is a good chance as well with the campaign and with the Irish Open, we can try and push for equal pay in, in golf. Yeah, and we've kind of seen the benefit of that as well of the. I guess the, the the confidence boost in the background that it can give the players as well. I mean, you just have to look at the progress that the, the Irish women's soccer team have made over the last couple of years and what they've gone on to do, obviously, this week. And that comes off the back of them. You know, uh, rock bottom is probably the wrong word, but they had to go as far as, you know, threatening strike and strike action to build themselves up towards equal pay. And that's yeah. obviously paid off huge benefits for them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we've seen that in the last 12 months, I suppose. In terms of like that step up, as we mentioned, like do you, do you go around uh, taking notes as regards watching other people? Do you like, are you one of these players who kind of focuses in their own lane when you get up to a tournament like that? Or are you very much looking around you trying to see what you can pick up from different people that might be dotted around the field? Yeah, like in a pro event, like at the ISPS and stuff, I suppose you're trying to learn as much as you can. But then when it comes to the actual tournament and the playing days, yeah, I find that I just kind of focus on what I'm doing. Cause I'm just trying to kind of treat it like any other week. Yeah. But um, like it is cool when you're in the range, like in Leon Robares beside you, it's hard to kind of not have a look and see what's going on and stuff <laughs> like that. Because you're already going to pick up something, whatever she's doing. Of course. Like she's become a, a totemic figure almost on, on the Irish golf scene for players like yourselves. Like what she's managed yeah. to do over the past, like uh, 18 months when you factor in Solheim and, and different majors and stuff, she's been phenomenal and phenomenal for the profile of the women's game as well. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Like, everyone just looks up to her. Um, she seems to be kind of setting the standard now and showing that anything is possible for us Irish players. And it's great for the younger girls coming through to be able to look up to someone like Leona. And then to have Steph and Olivia coming as well, it's great. Yeah. Like three players on the tours now, which, like, you didn't really have that years ago, I suppose. That gives people like a goal when you see all of these things kind of coalescing into one. You see like the prominence of Stephanie Meadow and, and Leona Maguire. You see the fact that the Irish Open is back after a 10 year gap. There feels like there's a bit of momentum behind the women's game as well. Yeah, I think so. Uh, like, even like I'm only playing golf like 12 years. So, like, basically, throughout my whole golf career, I've never had anything like an Irish Open to aspire towards. Whereas now that the Irish Open's back in Jeroland, I would hope and kind of envision that it would be like it would be a standard that the younger girls could say, okay, this is happening in Ireland. You know, why can't I aim towards that? Why can't I play in an Irish Open like Leona? It should be kind of something like that that younger girls can work towards. Yeah, and women's golf and off the ball is an association with KPMG proudly supporting uh, women in sport. As you say, like, the fact that it's back after a 10-year gap, the fact that it's back after uh, the COVID gap as well. I mean, when you think back of those year and a half, two years that you would have had in that COVID gap as well, the fact that you're combining the two careers and the two careers are pretty much uh, shelved, uh, as it were, this has got to be like almost like a massive uh, celebration uh, of the sport, as it were. Yeah, and it's almost like a sense of pride as well. Like, it's obviously on my... I remember in Roland, I'm very proud 
player woman. So like a lot of my friends who like aren't golfers are all kind of like, oh, what's that? Like, what's this about? So like, I hope that people that maybe never had an interest in golf will come and watch it as well, as well as obviously people who are into golf. But we should get a big crowd. Like the buzz around the town is really picking up now. Like the yeah. golf club, it's always been members have been so excited and there's been so much work going into getting the golf club ready. But now we're at the stage where people who like don't play golf are starting to hear about it. And hopefully we can kind of get more exposure for golf and women's golf in general. Are you getting the, are you getting the odd dig in the ribs or digging the arm down to town and going, oh, listen, you know, I have a fiver on you to do this or that during the course of the tournament? Or I haven't had that yet now. Mm. <laughs> that's going to come. Yeah, that's going to that's going to be your next week essentially, where people are going, oh, no, I I have a quiet suspicion that you're going to do okay you know, over the course of the next while as well. But that's like all all that helps and all that builds profile and and like the one thing that that struck me as well when you when you see Leona and you see yourself and you see different golfers is the age profile seems much younger in the women's game. I don't know if this is something that I'm way off on, but it does seem much younger in the women's game than it does in the men's. And it does seem that there's an entry point that's available to to women now that they wouldn't have been there before. Yeah, it's funny because I played home nationals for the first time this year, and the age of the women's team was 18 to 24 and the men's team was 22 to 40. Wow. So the women's team just seems, it's a younger generation, I suppose it's younger and then people kind of, that is something that they're trying to work on. I think some people after they finish college, they they leave it. Like of course you have people that leave sport when they're 16, but then there's people who go on and play for Ireland and go to college in the States and then when they finish, they just kind of finish. So they're, they're trying to keep those people uh playing and stuff like that but it certainly is younger like in like the girls on the Irish girls team they're like way younger like there's 14 15 I think one of them on the team this year is only overage so it's younger they're they're getting and they're just getting really good really young which is great yeah it's phenomenal what was your starting point Jake you mentioned you only started 12 years ago that's relatively late yeah I kind of have a different story to any of the other girls on the let's say even the Irish homage national team. Yeah. Like I only really got really competitive when I was about 17. And it was then when I kind of took off and then COVID happened. And then last year, I suppose I had a good season here in Ireland. And then this year was my first time doing like a full international schedule. Wow. Well, whereas the other girls on the Irish team would, uh, like a lot of them would uh, be on like under 18 panels together and, it's kind of a lot of the girls who go to America now. That's the the route that a lot of them take is they get scholarships and go to the states. Has the, did that affect your game coming to a professional, like not sorry, not competitively as late as you did? Because I guess a lot of people have like ticks built up and, and kind of little nuances to their game built up through playing it so young. Whereas if you came to it so late uh, or relatively late, did you find that you were kind of playing the ball differently, playing the game differently to those around you? Someone said that they actually like when you're playing young and you have the experience of playing competitively younger, you kind of get bad habits and stuff like that. And yeah. I kind of avoided that, but I didn't notice anything. Uh, like this year, it definitely probably took me a little bit longer to get used to the international stuff because sure. I didn't get the experience of doing that underage. But um, like it's just kind of exciting. I was probably more driven by my career when I was like in college and stuff. I just wanted to get my degree and get my dip done and go teaching. And now I kind of feel like 
I've done that and I want to kind of enjoy my golf and balance with a little bit of teaching. <laughs> yeah. Are you happy enough to continue on the balance or is there any kind of inkling that there could be a, a turning pro around the corner? I'm, I'm pretty happy enough to continue now. I'm right. enjoying the amateur stuff and uh, there's no plans on turning professional yet anyways. Yeah. It's nice to have a balance if nothing else really and have several yeah. things on the go. And it's nice to have like like I would imagine if you're a professional, it can get very consuming. So it's nice to go somewhere where it's just completely switching off and doing something else. Yeah. So you've opted for a profession that isn't consuming, like teaching, uh, which is grand. Um, <laughs> but as regards like targets for Dromolins, is there anything like you're aiming to do for those first couple of days? Are you just uh, waiting to hang in there and, and see how the first couple of days unfold? Yeah. I mean, obviously I'd like aim to, to make the cost, but, um, I'll just kind of, I wouldn't be too big on like outcome goals when I go to tournaments anyways, like hmm. for like some people would maybe aim to be top 10 or whatever, but I'll just break it down to what I do for every other tournament and more specific goals and how I'm going to do it as opposed to where I want to finish. Sure. Well, we wish you the very best of luck once it rolls around. Um, and tickets, as we say, are available at KPMG Women's Irish Open.ie. Eddie Maltz, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you this evening. Thanks a million. Thanks very much. Women's Golf on Off the Ball. In association with KPMG, proudly supporting women in sport.